light. Light. The Greek word is phos. We get the word photography. We get the word photograph. We get the word photon, as in photon torpedoes, from the word phos. It means light. It means that which illuminates. It means that which reveals, that which displays, that which brightens, that which enables vision, the ability to see. Now, just before the verse appointed for today in the lectionary, we have the identity of light described, spelled out for us by the author of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. What has come into the being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. All people, not some people, all people. There is no limitation to whom the light comes. The light comes to all people, not just the Jews, all people, not just to Christians, all people, not just to good people, all people, not just to bad people, all people. The light of God has come to all people. The gospel, the good news, for that's what gospel means, the gospel comes to all. All hear it, all receive it. We are called to proclaim it, to share it, to live it with and for all without restriction, without limit, without definition, all are called to receive it. There is no limitation to whom the light of God comes. Several weeks back, I was posting something in some conversation over on Facebook, and I'd said something about how we are called to share the love of God with absolutely everybody. And someone posted back in a response to me, yeah, but we shouldn't share it with them Muslims. Huh? Huh? All means all. Christ Jesus came for all. The light of God is for all. Life in Christ Jesus is for all. We are called to share the gospel with all. The message of Advent is that we proclaim the light of God to all. The, the message, the proclamation of His return in clouds of glory during the first half of Advent, the message of the first two Sundays of Advent, the second coming of Christ, then the lectionary shifts, and now we start looking back, back to the first coming, back to Bethlehem of Judea, back to that baby, that itty-bitty baby who was born in a stable in the cold, who was born and placed in a feeding trough. That little baby is the light of the world. That little baby comes into the midst of the darkness and brings light to the whole world. What was the setting in which he was born? He was born into the midst of oppression, into the midst of a military occupation. The Roman Empire had occupied Judea and had set up a vassal king. His name was Herod the Great. And Herod the, Herod the Great was no wonderful person. He was probably one of the most evil kings who had ever lived. 
He was absolutely insane. I remember visiting Caesarea in Israel and going out to Masada and seeing all of these pipes. He had, his palaces had indoor running hot and cold water. Wow. The one problem, though, was that Herod the Great, his plumbing was made of solid lead which means he was going crazy, being poisoned to insanity by his plumbing. He was crazy. So into this world of occupation, into this world of oppression, into this world where the Romans were in control, into this world where Herod the Great had been set up as king, into this world of darkness, comes light. The life of God, which is the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, John says, and the darkness did not overcome it. That's the gospel. The darkness does not overcome the light. The light overcomes the darkness. The light shines forth in the darkness like a candle sometimes flickering just, just barely alive in the wind, and yet it is bright with life. That's who this Jesus is. That's who this little baby is that we wait for now with expectation, that we wait for to celebrate in his birth, that we wait for, that we await patiently or not so patiently. That is this child, the light shining in the darkness the darkness of the world that does sometimes seem as though it's going to overcome the light. Just watch the news and you'll think, oh, nothing worse can possibly happen. This is the worst possible thing that could be. And then the next day you turn on the television and you just, you just topped it. The darkness, the dimness, the oppression, the evil of the world does not overcome the light of the love of God. And in fact, the light of the love of God and the message of Advent and the message of Christmas, the light of the love of God overcomes the darkness and shines forth so brightly that the world sees it and is itself transformed. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Unfortunately, just as in John the Baptist today, so also today, religious leaders, people like me, people like Vic sitting out there, the district superintendent, people like Mark, people like Bishop McKee, the religious leaders don't always see the Messiah in our midst. The Jewish leadership, it says in John's Gospel, the Jews, but it means the Jewish leadership, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the priests in the temple, the scribes, the, the scholars of the day, the leaders of the Jewish people, the leaders of the religious community, the religious leaders, because they were one and the same, they sent emissaries to speak to John, to say to him, are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? Are you one of the prophets? And he says to all of them, no, I'm not. Elijah. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not one of the prophets. I'm a voice 
crying out in the wilderness, in that place of darkness. I'm a voice, a lone voice, crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make His path straight. I'm here to proclaim this message of His coming. And guess what? Religious leaders, religious rulers, He is standing among you, and you have not recognized Him. Just as in that day, so also today, Jesus stands in our midst. And so often, we don't see Him. So often we don't see him. Jesus says, if you give a cup of water in my name to one of the least of these, you've given it to me. If you've fed one, you've fed me. If you've clothed one, you've clothed me. Remember that message from earlier? The sheep and the goats, the left and the right hand of God. Oh, my brothers and sisters, so frequently, we don't see Jesus in our midst. We see an immigrant. We see a foreigner. We see someone we don't know. We see a stranger. Instead of, instead of the presence of Jesus. And we religious leaders, sometimes we're the worst. And yes, I'm pointing a finger at myself. Sometimes we're the worst. We get so caught up in our structures, in our institutions, in our books of discipline, in our general conferences, in the rules and regulations, in charge conferences, in all the stuff that we're supposed to do because we're part of the institution. We get so caught up in doing the stuff of the church that we fail to do the stuff of Christ. We get so caught up in doing the stuff of the church that we fail to live breathe and share the light of the love of God with all. This Advent, we began by looking forward to the second coming of Jesus, looking forward to his return in clouds of glory, looking forward to him coming to judge, as we say in the creed, the quick and the dead. The living and the dead. We spent it, the first part, following the lectionary, looking forward to that return. This, the third Sunday of Advent, with the rose-colored candle, we turn our focus now from looking forward to looking backward. To He who came to shine forth light in the wilderness, to he who came to shine forth light into the darkness of this world, into the darkness of our lives, into the death that we have been living. We look back now to Bethlehem of Judea. We look back now to Mary and Joseph. We look back now to a baby who will change absolutely everything, not just for us, but for the whole world, for all. How will we receive him? How will we wait for him? How will we proclaim him? Will we do 
what the shepherds did and go running? Or will we go away pondering and keep silent? This time of preparation is to ready us so that when we come to that moment on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, when we come to that moment and we proclaim that He is here among us, that He has become incarnate in human flesh and lives among us, when we proclaim that He is here, we will mean it and believe it and act on it. Frequently the church will speak but not act. Frequently the church will fail to be the people of God, the shepherds sharing the good news of the angels. Advent is a time to get ready to do the sharing, to get ready to see the Christ child, to get ready to share that good news. Advent is a time to get ready for the coming of the King. How will we be made ready to share the good news of Jesus? How will we be made ready to share that light that is not overcome by the darkness of the world? For me, it means not focusing on the stuff of the church. Thank you for getting Charge Conference over with soon, by the way. It's not about focusing on the junk of the church the rules, the regulations, the structures. Instead, it's about focusing in on you and on the people around us who are in need. I praise God for being appointed here. I praise God for each and every one of you and for the joy I have in serving as a shepherd here with Mark under the guidance of the High Shepherd Christ for each of you. I praise God for you and I praise God we have been given this mission to share the light of God's love with all. As we move on through Advent now and on towards Christmas, one more Sunday to go in Advent and then we'll be there as we move on towards that celebration, let us truly be made ready to join with the Christ child in sharing the light of the love of God in a world that so needs it. Let us truly be bearers of the Christ child. In your been listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of the First United Methodist Church in Commerce, Texas, 
and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information and for other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at First United Methodist Church, 1709 Highway 24, Commerce, Texas, 75428. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal.